Before we start this episode, I would like to just put a quick disclaimer that all opinions in this podcast are mine and not a Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of High Flyers. Um, We're the podcast that talks about the players who don't get talked about. My name is Kane Angie and I will be your host for tonight and for always. Um, oh man, that sounded terrible, but we're just going to keep that in there. You know, we're, we're an authentic podcast and so let's get started right away. So I remember last week I said that we were going to hundred percent get into those high flyer players of the week. I said we didn't have time last time, so we're going to hundred percent get them today and since we're such an authentic podcast, I want to be really transparent with you guys, and I want to say you're not getting them this week. Um, and that's because I have a sort of different type of schedule this week. And today, first thing, let me let me get to this. First thing, we're going to be looking at the trade deadline. Remember how we kind of did that thing? I said one player would get traded from each team. And let's see if that worked out. Some players got traded, some players won't. Just a little dissection of that. Um, And then I'm going to get into the second half of my show. And it's going to be exciting because this is the first episode where I'm going to have a guest on the show. Um, I've never had a guest before. It's usually just me talking. Um, But I've been told that a guest might make this better. So, And I'm not feeling too great. So... Let's get on with it. Alright, so like I previously mentioned, we're going to get right into the trade deadline. And just a quick overview of that, I highlighted one player from each team who would either get traded or waived or just wouldn't be on the same team that they were on prior to the trade deadline after the trade deadline. And the first player, I'm sorry, I'm going to be talking a little bit slower today because I'm not, I'm not feeling 100% like I mentioned before, but the first team was 76ers for Khan Korkmaz. He stayed with the team. Um, not going to stay with the team next year. Going to be playing in Shang- with the Shanghai Sharks. Um, the Celtics, Danilo Gallinari, he stayed. He probably was going to stay. Um, I didn't think the Celtics would make too many moves. They got Muscala, which was a great move for center depth. Um, I did see they get Jakob Pertl for center depth, but they still got center depth, so the Nets did not end up getting rid of Spencer Dinwiddie, so damn, looks like I'm 0 for 3 to start, and let's let's look at the next one, Knicks, Cam Reddish, yup, like I mentioned, Cam Reddish is off the Knicks, he now plays for the Trailblazers, so that's my first one right, um, Raptors, unfortunately, Fred Van Vliet is going to stay with us. Just put on a huge brick fest the other night. Went one for 11. Um, let's go to the Bucks. Serge Ibaka no longer plays for the Bucks. I believe he's still a free agent, still looking for a team. 
Cavs, Kevin Love. Yes, Kevin Love now plays for the Miami Heat. Kobe White decided to stay at the Bulls, who are uh, did not make a single move. I mean, they got Pat Bev, but that was in the buyout market. So, yeah, Bulls, I don't know what you're doing. Like, come on. Pistons, Nolan's Noel just got bought out of his contract. And look at that, that's four already. Um, Pacers, Goga Bidatse, long gone, plays for the Magic. Hawks, John Collins, he's he's still staying, big surprise. Um, Mason Plumley to the Hornets, yeah, now he plays for the Clippers. Um, Heat, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry decided to stay. Um, I was wrong about that. Magic, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is now playing for the Contenders, the Suns. Um, the Wizards, Will Barton, who is now on the Raptors, Will the Thrill, and the Nuggets, Bones Highland, who now plays for the Clippers, uh, Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, now plays for the Lakers, look, I'm on a roll here, uh, Trailblazers, Josh Hart, now plays for the Knicks, is he the reason the Knicks are on a 6-0 run, maybe, um, Thunder, Darius Baisley, I think he plays for the Suns, but like, He's not getting no minutes, so who really cares? Um, Jazz, Malik Beasley, now plays for the Lakers. I'm up to 13 now. Warriors, James Wiseman. James Wiseman is on the Pistons, looking a lot better, to be honest. Um, Clippers, John Wall, he's on no team. Definition of a scrub. Doubt he'll be in the league next year. Um, and what is that? That's 15, I think. Lakers, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is now on the Clippers, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on today. That's 16, Suns, Jay Crowder. Um, now he plays for the Bucks, and the Bucks have been on a four-game win streak with him on the team. Um, it's been a pretty good move. They gave up five second-round picks. I thought they'd give up one, but it's looked like a good move so far. That's 17, Kings, Rishon Holmes, he stayed with them. Mavs, JaVale McGee stayed with them. Rockets, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon went to the Clippers. The Clippers been made a lot of really good moves in my opinion. The Grizzlies, Danny Green. Now he got bought out, plays for the Cavs. We got the Pelicans, Devontae Graham. Um, he plays for the Spurs now. And the Spurs with Jakob Pertl. And Jakob is now playing for the Raptors as well. So how many, how many is that? Let's say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 out of 30 teams. That's pretty good. You got to give me that. I said 21 um, players would get traded, who did get traded, or got waived, or whatnot. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, that's about it for this section. Just a quick overview. And now, let's get to the part where I bring out the guest. Okay, now for this next segment, like I mentioned before, I'm going to be inviting a guest onto the show. And before I invite that guest onto the show, I just want to do a quick breakdown. So first, we're going to get into a mystery player from last week. Second, we're going to do some of our usual NBA discussion. And then we're going to finish off with a quick game um, that I stole from some random guy on the internet. 
Um, so let's get into it. Um, the guest for my show is actually my brother, Tamir Nanji. Um, and so do you want to just introduce yourself and say, let's say your favorite player, favorite team, and one jersey you think the NBA should bring back? All right. So, um, thanks for having me on the show. My name is Tamir, Tamir Nanji. Um, what were the questions again? Okay. So favorite player, um, would a hundred percent be quite possibly, arguably the greatest point guard in the entirety of the NBA, Russell Westbrook, who obviously receives a lot of hate, but that is clearly, you know, just people don't really look at Westbrook the way that I look at Westbrook. Um, my favorite team, Oklahoma City Thunder, been an OKC fan since 2012, and I'm always repping the Thunder, always. Um, thunder up. And then finally, a jersey to bring back. That's a tough one. Um, but I'm going to have to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder jerseys with the, I believe they were alternate jerseys. Um, they're the dark blue ones, and they have the vertical Thunder on the right-hand side. And the number, those jerseys really resonated with me, um, and I feel like that was the prime Russell Westbrook. Um, well, those, are, those are, I think, there's 2015 jerseys. Yeah, I believe so indeed, and that was the year. Actually, you know what? That was right before Westbrook went got his MVP year, but Westbrook is still playing amazing that year. Okay, thank you. Um, and we're gonna be talking a little bit more about Russ, as I mentioned before. Um, but first, let's get into a mystery player. So. Last week, we we, I, we came up with two players, uh, player one and player two. Player one puts up 21 points per game, essentially, six rebounds and 11 assists, shooting 45, 39, 86 splits. Um, and player two puts up 20 points, four rebounds, 10 assists, and puts up 48, 40, and 86 splits. So if you were to just look at these two players statistically and look at it from an offensive point of view, which of these two players would you select on your team? Um, personally, I would select player one. Um, I feel like you can make arguments from both sides, but I feel like just getting the extra two rebounds, um, as well as having the extra 1.5-ish points, um, even if the three-point percentage is 1% less, I feel like that doesn't fully, um, that doesn't fully make it for the fact that the, um, the points and rebounds are higher in player one. And so, even assists, really, by 0.7, I honestly feel like player one's the best bet, and I think that I would choose player one. Do you, do you have any idea who the, the two players are? Um. So, from the looks of it, player one, pretty split stats, um, rebounds, assists, points. We can either see um, a taller point guard or a taller one or two um, to even possibly a small forward. However, I would doubt that because of the amount of assists, small forwards usually... Um, put the ball in the basket. Um, so I'm going to say, with those stats, I'm going to guess Tyrese Halliburton, possibly, for player one. And then player two, um, 20 points, four rebounds, 10 assists, again. Um, quite a quite a few assists, so it's possibly, probably, um, a guard, um, point guard, really. Um, and with the shooting, you can see that they're pretty consistent, solid from three-point. Um I'm gonna. I'm not too sure about this one, but I'm gonna guess Jordan Poole, maybe. That's <laughs> that's not that's not gonna be Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole shoots like eight percent worse from the field. 
um, and he gets nowhere near the amount of passes. But seeing Tyrese Halliburton was actually correct for the second one, though. The second player is actually Tyrese Halliburton. The first player was a player who was snubbed from the All-Star game, James Harden. Um, yeah, and they have really close stats. I think James Harden should have made the All-Star game over Tyrese Halliburton, but they both have they have similar stats, but you you chose Tyrese Hall- I mean, you chose James Harden. So, so looking at it stat-wise, I definitely choose, now I'm looking at James Harden, but I've had multiple people ask me that question, um, seeing should the NBA have put, put James Harden over Tyrese Halliburton? And I can even say right now that I would definitely choose Tyrese Halliburton. And just watching Pacers games, even if they're totally boring, <laughs> um, whenever I watch Halliburton on the field, he just lights up the court with the passes, with the dishes, um, and it's a whole different energy. Whereas when he was injured, we saw how the Pacers were on that complete, um, they, they were completely lost on on the on the court. They couldn't do anything without Tyrese Halliburton. He's their, he's the player that they need to facilitate their whole offense. Um, and so I feel like Tyrese Halliburton, because of his impact, is necessary to the team. And I think that it is, it is I, I personally think that he deserved to be an all-star. Valid argument. Valid argument. I disagree, but let's move on. So we're going to be moving on to the discussion part of recent NBA news. And what I'm going to start off with is Westbrook. Um, and more specifically, the LA Clippers. So the LA Clippers have been on a three-game losing streak. I think they lost to the Kings, the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves in a, like the the last three games. Westbrook has been on the Clippers for three games. How do you explain that? Um. So quite possibly, I believe it's honestly just getting into the team. Um, you know, just integrating yourself. Westbrook integrating himself into like that that role he needs to play. Um, on the Lakers, we saw how the Lakers were completely a toxic environment for Westbrook. And um, to, to just say that Westbrook was bad on the Lakers, even as a Westbrook fan, I'd have to say so, but I wouldn't say he was necessarily bad. I think the envir- environment was bad. I think that his role being taken away as a primary ball handler and replaced by LeBron James, who I honestly think that the Lakers could be better with without LeBron James. If they were with Westbrook and AD, I honestly feel like the Lakers would be better. You think that's the greatest player on earth? Um, I think that LeBron James and Westbrook can't work together. And it, it, and if I if we take this back six years ago when Westbrook is MVP and I and and LeBron was in his prime, um, and I and someone told me that Westbrook and LeBron are going to be playing together in the future, that would just amaze me. But I could see how they can completely fall apart because they're two different players, but they both need the ball in their hands. And so now when we bring it back to the Clippers, I think that the change in environment, um, we have Paul George and Kawhi too, who are solid players, but Westbrook is putting up good stats on the Clippers. Now I know in his first game, he had multiple turnovers, but that is just, you know, just getting comfortable, getting comfortable on the court, getting comfortable on the court. Um, but in the second game, we saw how he Actually, got he even did, better. He did, he did get 14 assists, which is a record high for any debut Clippers player. Yeah. Actually, no, it tied someone. I mean, yeah. honestly, you can argue that also going into the double overtime played a role in that. But I feel like that, that was a, an outstanding first game. And looking at the turnovers, sure, that might look bad. But he's just getting used to the game, getting used to the style of play. You can't expect a player to be amazing in their first game with a new team, with a new coach, with with a new game plan, with new players around them. And so I think that 
Um, even though it might not look like it now, I think that Westbrook is a great um, is going to be an important role in the future of the Clippers, um, especially if they make to if they um, if they're looking to make um, you know like a run this season, a playoff run this season. I personally think that the the Clippers are going on a run. Before they got Westbrook, they had Terrence Mann, who was playing amazing. And then all of a sudden, they threw Terrence Mann on the bench and started Westbrook. And that threw their whole thing off. They lost three straight games. I think what they need to do is start Terrence Mann and throw Westbrook back on the bench. Maybe he can facilitate with some of the bench players, but I don't see him starting for a Clippers team that wants to make that playoff push. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can also see how Westbrook can also be a value, valuable um, veteran to the Clippers in training Terrence Mann. I know that Westbrook doesn't have the athleticism that he did um, years ago, which he was honestly known for taking his MVP season where he averaged, what, 30-plus points, not to mention multiple rebounds and multiple assists. Um, but I think that he can be, honestly, a great veteran trainer for Terrence Mann too um, and just teaching Mann to get to be explosive and get to the basket quick. From um, And from the replays I saw of Terrence Mann, he has that, but he hasn't fully unlocked his potential. But he can definitely do that with the help of someone like Westbrook. Yeah, that's that's a good point of Westbrook is a veteran mentality. Um, I know that Westbrook also has a lot of fun with this game, which a lot of Lakers fans didn't appreciate. But, I mean, I don't like the Lakers. I like Westbrook more than the entire Lakers in general. I think that if you actually do have fun with basketball, you do win games. Um, but, yeah, balance that with some competitivism. And so let's move on to Mr. Demetrius Jamel Morant. Um, and so Mr. Ja has recently gone into some controversy after it's revealed that he might have punched a kid 11 to 13 times and pointed a gun at him. Um, what are your thoughts on Ja just seemingly trying to make it out of the NBA? So... I personally think that Shannon Sharp called this um, a few weeks back. If you, um, if any of you guys have listened to his interview, I highly recommend it. Um, but honestly, I feel like John Morant is just, I don't understand why he's doing this. John Morant, this season, we can see he's had a breakout season. Even last season, he had a breakout season. He's made a name for himself in the NBA. As much as I don't like John Morant personally, he has made a name for himself. He has the talent. He reminds me of an of Westbrook in his athletic years. Um, people even say D Rose, but I think that his ego, and I think that his mentality, and I think that I personally think he needs to be humbled. I think that people need to see John Morant, and he gets all this, all this um, support from fans. I think that people need to understand that John Morant isn't really. Um, and I think he needs to be taught a lesson. And the NBA has been exceptionally disciplinary in these recent years. We've seen from Miles Bridges um, and multiple other players, Joshua Primo, I believe. <laughs> but I feel like John. <laughs> but I feel like John. They're not gonna look. Well, uh, they're not gonna. They're they're gonna, they're probably gonna investigate this jaw issue, and this can be potentially harmful to a pretty good breakout season for John Morant. Um, and everything can just go downfall, uh, like downhill from here. Um, but I personally think that a John Morant needs to get his, his head in the game um, and just stop making these rash decisions. And my final question, our final NBA discussion question, is going to be about a recent report about the Atlanta Hawks. Did you read that report where the Hawks were described as broken, 
ugly, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't know if I'm allowed, and total shit. Um, that was in the report. What do you feel about that? And they said that Trey Young couldn't lead the team, and nobody likes Trey Young. Do you think that Trey Young has the potential to win a championship with Atlanta? I think that Trey Young has been exposed this year. Um, people in the past years, people have seen this guy, and you look at his stats. You look at his stats. You don't watch him play. You look at his stats, and you can see that it looks it looks as if he's a great player. Um, but honestly, I think this year he's been exposed for actually being a pretty not so great player. Um, he doesn't work well with his teammates. Um, I've noticed a lot of Hawks players are leaving rather than coming in. Oh yeah, that's actually true. Um, and then you also you also have to factor in management. Um, I saw this report about Sadiq Bey, how in his last six games he was under four coaches, which is just just a fun fact. Oh yeah, that wait wait four coaches or three? Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Um, oh, yeah, the the interim head port, head coach Nate McMillan, the interim head coach for the Hawks, yeah, and then yeah. Quinn Snyder. So he's under oh, four different coaches, which is pretty interesting. Um, but that's a little off the track. But back to the management, I think the management was a big issue, and I think it's 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 great that the Hawks fired Nate McMillan. I think that he's also been um, a yeah, he's, pretty he's, big he's, issue. He's got to be one of the worst coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Or was in the NBA. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that when people think that when coaches make playoff runs or are able to make the playoffs, um, people believe that the coaches are good. But I think the complete opposite. Taking the Toronto Raptors, um, when they made it to the finals and they won the finals, people were like, Nick Nurse is a great coach. They should have brought yeah. him up more. Look at him now. He's not so great of a coach. You got to think about the leadership. You got to think about the players. Kawhi Leonard brought that team to the finals. Look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a leader. Mike Budenholzer, I'm going to say, in my opinion, I think he is a solid coach, but I don't think he's as great as people look at him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, even Steve Kerr, Steph Curry leads his team. Steve Kerr, kind of, he's a solid coach, but he's not he's the greatest of, coach of yeah, all time. He's more of like... He, I feel like he inspires more than he actually coaches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that has worked for the Warriors so far, but I feel like sub him out for someone like Tyron Lu, um, and the Warriors would still probably win a ring just by having. I don't, know. I don't know about that. I know that. I know. I'm only saying that because I know Steve Kerr has a he has a connection with like each of the players on the team, and I think that's what makes him a good coach. Um, because coaching isn't about like strategy. I think that Tyron Lu is actually an underrated coach. He's, like, one of the people I think I talked about how LeBron really just ruins a lot of coaches because, like, his almost selfish ball handling style. Like, a lot of these coaches he's played under, like, Tyron Lue had so much flame a couple years ago, but he was really a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not to get off track, but what what's your opinion on LeBron in the recent years just being the coach of the team? Um, we see clips of LeBron, even recently, just a few days mm-hmm. ago, LeBron took the clipboard and he made the final play of the game. Do you think that that's right, that LeBron's coach? Or do you think that there should be a coach um, that should be coaching the team instead of LeBron? Wait, did they win the game? Um, I'm not too sure. Which one was it? Who's against? Um, I don't know. I saw it on Instagram. But, <laughs> 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 but I know he took the clipboard. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what I think is I think LeBron needs to... Um, I know he has such he has amazing IQ of the game. He, I think, but I just think that he needs to be a little bit more humble and actually go with what the coach is telling him a, a couple times. Cause 
basketball is a team sport. It's not a one-man sport. And the coach knows that. And the coach is the person who um, leads the entirety of the team. And just um, the strategies are for the entire team, not just one player. So if one player is telling the players to do something, coach is telling them to do something else, um, it, it never really works out well. I mean, LeBron has won multiple championships, not as much as Jordan. Uh, but... I don't know. I think that LeBron needs to be more humble. I think he actually has been a little bit more humble in the recent, in like at least this year, with Darvin Ham. I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't agree though. Um, and I want to even circle back further, even bringing this back to Westbrook. But I feel like Westbrook, um, being as a scapegoat for the Lakers, I think LeBron's ego played a pretty big role in that. And then people hate to admit it because LeBron is. People argue is the greatest player of all time. I believe he's the third greatest player of all time, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, but I feel that just Westbrook's Westbrook's play style on the Lakers wasn't completely his fault, but it was LeBron's ego. It was the terrible coaching. It was his inability to fully integrate in a team, and also the toxic environment from the the fans who who simply just. Um, the cutthroat fans who simply just hate on the team through losses. And I think that just having, being in that environment was just, it wasn't, it was unfair for Westbrook. Yeah. And I think, uh, I actually think a fun thing to consider is that Westbrook as a scapegoat, but why do people never use AD as a scapegoat? Right. You think, think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's definitely true. And I've just noticed again, was AD not injured again? AD was Nah, he just got dunked. Oh, yeah, he after did. He he got dunked on, after he got dunked on by Jaron Jackson Jr. And I don't like Jaron Jackson Jr. as an all-star, but that dunk was crazy. That was a very yeah. nice dunk. Um, and when he dunked on AD, he sat out the next game, and I think that proves a lot. Whereas you look at Westbrook, look at him back in his OKC times, he never sat off a game yeah. unless that was an injury. There's no load management back then. Yeah, I know. And, and, and Westbrook doesn't actually... Like, here's this Instagram post that I saw. And it was by David McMenamin, who is probably one of the worst journalists in... He's one of the worst journalists in basketball, in my opinion. And he wrote... He actually used this specific quote. And it, and any journalistic integrity was thrown out the window with this quote. He said, as one source told me... <clears throat> excuse me. As one source told me, you remove a vampire from the locker room. Like, what is necessary for you to say that? And I know that his wife, Nina, saw said that, like, her kids saw this. Like, what do you do if you see your dad, who's like, Westbrook's a great guy. I don't care if you like him as a player or not. You'll like him as a person. And you call him a vampire. Like, that's just horrible. And some guy in the com <clears throat> sorry, some guy in the comment section said, and I really like this comment. It got the most likes for a reason. Um, and it said, why do y'all not give Anthony Davis the hate you give Russ? At least Russ goes out there every night and gives 110%. Exactly. He plays with a smile on his face. And he plays with a hustle. And people just bring up clips of Westbrook. Um, and they just try to make it seem like he's the villain. Taking that clip that we mentioned previously of Westbrook saying, let's have fun out there. Um, and LeBron's face was kind of, well, he wasn't too happy about it. But I feel like the most important thing about Winning is you have to have your team, your team, you can't be on a team where everyone hates each other. If we look at all these championships in previous years, players have good relations. It's not a one, basketball is not a one-man sport. And I think that the Lakers are trying to make it LeBron James basketball. And I hate to admit it, but LeBron isn't the man that he was before. 
and LeBron can't win another ring just by himself. We look at his last ring with Anthony Davis. LeBron couldn't have won that without Anthony Davis. Yeah. And now we look at Anthony Davis right now, and I think that Anthony Davis isn't, you know, offering the support necessary. Um, and to bring it back to Westbrook being a, a scapegoat, I think that people don't consider AD because they won that bubble ring um, mm-hmm. just because it was Anthony Davis and LeBron. But honestly, if we look at it now, in the long term, I feel like Anthony Davis has has been much more of a liability than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, no, I actually think that's true, and I think that's a good analysis, and I think that's the reason why all these people, a lot of casuals saying that the Lakers are going to win the championship this year, I don't think they are. I think Lakers are finished. I think, yeah. I think that the Lakers are a finished franchise because they won't accept defeat, and they just keep bringing in older players. I think it's time that they understand that, you know, working with, they can they can try and work with LeBron, but they won't get anywhere. I think it's time that they move on, and I think that it's time they should go for a rebuild and potentially yeah. even cha- trade LeBron James, especially now that we look in Bronny being drafted. Um, Bronny being drafted soon, I think LeBron's going to leave the Lakers, and I think the Lakers should take in that LeBron will leave the Lakers and understand that, you know, it's rebuild time and bring in some good players. And I think that they have solid players that they can, you know, build their team around, like Jared Vanderbilt. I yeah. think that he's such a solid player. I wouldn't say you, you could build your team around well, Jared Vanderbilt. Well, I think, like, I think he's a solid role player that if you potentially bring a star in, yeah, yeah. he will definitely, you know, offer that he, assistance. He could become exactly. into like a Dorian Finney-Smith type of player or even better. Exactly. I think, and, and people, you know, Dorian Smith is a solid player because he does his, he does what he does and he does it well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what we do at High Flyers. You just look at those players who do their roles um, so much better and they get... Um, and they don't get that acknowledgement for it. Um, okay, so thank you for that. And we're going to move on to the next segment, which is our game. And it's a game that I stole from that guy. Um, and we're going to get back to that in a second. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what people in the showbiz call a cliffhanger. Unfortunately, I've run out of time even before the game has started, and that is the bad news. However, there's also good news, and that is that we will be airing the game segment next episode along with what you've been highly anticipating, the player of the week, the high flyer of the week, um, which I will get to. I already wrote it all out, so I can't miss it this time, so stay tuned next episode where we're going to be talking about all that, um, and we're going to be joined by, by my guest again. So thank you guys for listening once again, and tune back here next week at High Flyers. Thanks, good night, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Um, just have a great day.